It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And picked up Mason. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for X and O Quick Hits. We're going to take a look at the film in a more expanded way on Makai Becton with the host of Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, good to talk to you, buddy. It's been a little while. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that we're going to get into uh, some of the drafted guys now. We're going to go. I know we already did Mims. We're going to do some some Davis. We're going to do some Morgan um, in the future. So I'm excited to talk about some of the the, the draft guys, whatever free agents we have to wrap up. Um, we're all kind of starving for football right now. We're um, we're all counting down the days until we can see that Sam Darnold with seven straight from practice and all, <laughs> and all of this stuff. So uh, talking about football is a nice distraction right now. Should note, by the way, that we're going to go over Makai Becton, but if you want to see the full review with all the video and everything, you can go to JetsXFactor.com, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But, Joe, we did talk about Makai Becton before the draft, and I wanted to have you back on at some point after the draft because you finally had an opportunity to take a deeper dive looking at all 22 and all of that which a lot of people don't understand is very important, especially when you're talking about offensive linemen because you can see the footwork cleaner. You can see the way that they move better. It just provides a much clearer picture of everything that's going on on a particular play, especially for an offensive lineman. So let's start with the technique, footwork and such. Did you notice any difference when you looked at the All-22 as opposed to what you saw when you initially looked at just the YouTube footage? Yeah, well, and like you said, the, the, really there's, there's a couple positions that are really important for, for all 22. Um, and it's definitely, obviously, receiver corner safety because you literally can't see them on the broadcast angle. And like you said, offensive line is so – it's such an, an intricate position that if you don't have those views to see, like you said, their footwork, are they gaining depth? Is it a lateral step? Is it a drop step? Is it a, is it a bucket step? You know, is this a skip pull, square pull? Like, what are, what are they doing? Are they taking a zero step? Are they taking an on step? Like, there's so many different <laughs> footworks that you need to know what they're doing in a scenario. So when you don't have that view um, from the, the broadcast, um, you can struggle. And, and, and to be completely, you know, to be transparent, it wasn't because, okay, you know, the Jets are not drafting Makai back and I don't think they will, so I'm not going to view it. What happened is I ran into a lot of all-22 film that I wasn't able to um, get my hands on in the past. I got lucky into me, had me a, a ton of clips. Um, so, to get, again, full transparency, I was able to watch the uh, Boston College game, Wake Forest game, Virginia, Miami, Syracuse, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Florida State game, um, all in all-22. So it gave me a better – um, understanding of the of the player and in terms of like 
some of the, because like you said, I, I, I did the review on, on YouTube. We've done the review in the past on, you know, episode 15,786 of Play Like a Jet, probably, you know, whatever that episode was, we did that as well. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the strengths that I noticed in, in pass throw, because that was, that was the big thing. Um, okay, well, his pass sets, his pass sets, his pass sets. Everything you saw from these big media wigs on, on the internet was him trucking a guy out of bounds and, or lifting a guy off in the air, but it was all run stuff, which I was guilty of too, because that's what it was on the broadcast. I also didn't see a lot of pass sets. So I really wanted to focus on him on pass sets and true pass sets, not okay. Um, you know, working vertically on play action because that's how you disguise guys who aren't necessarily the best offensive line. That's just how Louisville ran a lot of their offense. So I really, um, you know, tapped in and had a, a, a stringent focus, I think the word, on uh, the, the vertical pass sets, the 45 degree sets of, of Beckton. And um, I was definitely impressed. It's, I'm the, and I will talk about the run game, I guess, in a little bit, but um, I, I kind of have my notes of what I noticed pre me watching L22 and then after. So I, I didn't add a ton um, into the strength I'm going to talk about now because we already talked about them, but I'm going to talk about some of the things I noticed for the second time. Um, small steps in pass pro, which is good. You don't, you don't really ever want big steps in pa- specifically in pass pro. Um, if you're trying to cover ground quickly, like on that first phase of the drive catch, then yeah, you want to cover some ground. But after that, you really don't want a lot of, a lot of big steps. You want it to have small, even steps that are balanced with a balanced core, balanced base. Um, one, it allows obviously balance and it allows quick change of direction. Uh, you're taking big steps that it eliminates your quick change of direction ability. Um, because you're literally not contacting the ground with that big steps. So you don't want to see a lot of heel clicking, things like that. So I noticed some small steps, um, which was good. I know it's, I know it's a good balance, especially for a guy who is six, seven, you know, whatever he's playing at 365. I, I noticed some good balance and quick change of direction and pass throw. Um, I think he uses his length well. I think he could even use it better in some instances, but um, I, I wrote that down as a positive. Uh, I think he stays pretty square in the pass game, which is, again, a good thing. You don't want to open your hips up too early um, and be weakened in the B-gap, uh, get you know your hands chopped and shot across your face. So he, he used uh, – he stayed pretty square. I think he has some good leverage in pass pro, um, which, again, is pretty surprising for his height. Some people will criticize his hands are a little bit high. But, listen, when you're 6'7", and your shoulder is even with the guy's helmet. It's kind of hard to see your hands consistently if it was lower pec. So, like, you got to give him a little bit of uh, – or you got to take that into consideration. So, um, that's something I noted down. But I think his hands, you know, they might have landed a little bit high at times, but they did land inside. So, they're not landing too wide. He's not using, like, a hug technique type, um, you know, punch, which I think he could do in, in, at the NFL level. Uh, the benefit of the, the hug technique is, you know, there might not be a lot of hand fighting um, and you're able to contain a guy, but it weakens your chest. And, and it, so if a guy is, is going to bull rush you, um, it weakens you against that. But if you're strong enough, like a guy like Beckton, who's 370, he might be a guy who might be taught the hug technique more um, at the NFL level. Um, and then you also notice, which I wrote down again, uh, ultra rare movement skills and fluidity for his size. is something I noticed in his pass sets as well. So uh, after watching those pass sets and after watching his technique in the past game, um, with that all 22 film, I was definitely impressed. It's, it's not as big of a concern um, as it was in the past. Now, if we're talking about, you know, some of the, the weaknesses that I have to work on, yeah, you know, he doesn't have a ton of, of reps at it. Um, his hands do land a little bit high. Like, I want to see him get a little bit lower, but they're never going to be super low because, like I said, he's 6'7". 
um, against stunts and things like that. He needs to have more active eyes. Uh, there's some times where, you know, they might run a T stunner, whatever it might be, and he, and he carries a guy in too far and his eyes aren't flashing to the second level where maybe they're sending a T stunt and then a linebacker um, off of the edge after that or a corner so his eyes don't be too active. So there's things he has to work on um, more in, in the past game. So like overall technique and, and the real stuff like, and, and balance and fluidity and all this stuff that I'm looking for, uh, he, he passed the test that he necessarily, that he didn't necessarily before I had the, the, the advantage of watching the all 22 film. When we talked about Becton the last time, Joe, you said that you thought that his technique was the worst of the four by a pretty wide margin. Do you still feel that way? It, I would say yes, but in what aspect? Like, you know, um, I think he stays more square than Tristan. Tristan works and doesn't open up as much as Tristan works does. Or, you know, in terms of technique, I, I think he has better technique um, than Andrew Thomas in terms of being fluid with his steps. Where Andrew Thomas, you're really going to see his, his helmet bounce up and down um, and not have a ton of balance into his pass set. So um, I think overall he probably is, is the worst technically but it's not by a very wide margin. And with me saying that, again, I don't want to be biased because, okay, he's a Jets player and now he's great. But those guys were all good with technique for the most part. Like, obviously, like, like you said, you know, or, or, like I said, Tristan Works can work on this or uh, Wills that, whatever. But all of them generally have solid technique. So I'm not saying he's bad at technique. I would say maybe he's average. Um, or maybe a little bit below average in some aspects, but it's not like I'm, I'm calling him bad. Um, in technique, because like I said, there are certain things that he does that are better than some of those guys, and there's some things that he does worse. They're all they're all coming from different schools, different situations, different offenses, so um, different coaches, different things they were they experienced in high school with their coaches in practice, et cetera. So, um, but with yeah, with saying that, I'm not saying he's 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 bad technically, and he's also the guy that we talked about when we did this the first time. He's the guy who's afforded the opportunity to be the worst technically, but still be a good player because of how big he is. And that's something that we talked about. Um, and I remember specifically me saying that even if he's average technically, he could be an all-pro player because of how big he is. Um, and I think in college he was around average technically. Um, and I think him, and this is, has come up plenty, that he's working with Duke Mannyweather, who is an O-line guru who's worked with like, like Travis Frederick and Zach Martin and Teron Armstead and all these top-flight offensive linemen. He's been working with them since he's been drafted, even before he's been drafted. Uh, so is Cameron Clark, which is a really good thing. Um, so him working with a guy who's technically found like that and like that O-line guru, um, he's getting a head start. So I, I think he's going to become even more refined technically. And if he becomes, you know, even average at an NFL level, like I said, he could be a pro bowler. Um, if he becomes solid, watch out. Because he, the way he moves, I've never seen it. For for a guy his, his size, you know, like and people say Ogden and all these guys. I've never personally really watched him on a snap-by-snap basis on, on all 22. So I could say for me personally, since I've been really dissecting films since 2015, 16, I've never seen a guy um, move like he does. And um, I think his technique uh, definitely kind of improved in, in my mind, like from first viewing to second viewing. I was more impressed with his, his technique, um, especially from a pass set type um, view. Now with the run game, um, he, he, he needs to work on some things. I, I think that he, he gets a lot of hype in the run game, but his run game still needs a lot of work. A lot of his work in the, in the run game was power, not technique. Um, you know, uh, 
kind of just throwing his upper body into guys, not engaging with blocks where he'll, he won't run through the hands. He won't climb that tree air quotes that people say he'll kind of just get his hands on, jolt the guy and throw him backwards. Uh, might take a bad angle, might be a little bit high um, hand placement, not, might not be very good. Uh, let the guy scrape over top and then get back in on the run play because he was too concerned with just throwing the guy far outside. Like there's things he needs to work on in the run game. So I think I'm a little bit different with people where I think he's, I think he's solid in the run game. At, and, and like decent and pass pro where some people say he's bad in pass pro, but elite in the run game. I, I still think um, at the NFL level, he needs to work on um, things. And obviously this goes out of saying he didn't need to work on things on the NFL level. So maybe I should rephrase that, but I think he is not as great in the run game as some people think he is because a lot of it worked in the, at the college level because of just pure power. Where in the NFL, if you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, reach your hands are gonna be high, or if you're just gonna try to torque guys outside instead of climbing the tree, like I said, um, they're gonna be able to disengage and get back in on the play. So um, I'm kind of I, I take it from a little bit different view than other people, but um, again, I, I I'm rambling. So, <laughs> Joe, the last time we spoke, you said that you felt that Beckton would struggle mightily his rookie season, particularly in pass protection. And you just talked about all the reasons why you think he's stronger there than you initially believed after watching the All-22s. I'm not saying that he's not going to struggle his rookie year because with rare exceptions only, and there are very few of them, most rookie tackles struggle at least to some degree. So we have to expect some ups and downs. But do you feel now Mm -hmm. that he can have a really good year even as a rookie working out some of these issues on the job at least a lot more so than you would have thought before you took a look at some of this extra footage yeah yeah um for for sure uh i i, I do think that just because like i said him working with with manny weather uh definitely definitely helps in terms of like you know being kind of like taking into the back of your mind okay now he's working with this guy who is really good with technique so um, obviously his technique is going to be improving. And like I said, he's farther along technically than I thought he was. So he's not a complete lost cause as, in pass protection, which is obviously going to be huge for, you know, we're going to assume he plays left tackle. Um, that's huge for that position uh, where before it was a huge unknown where I didn't really see a lot of pass sets. And when you did, it was, you know, like I said, it was like a 45 degree set or a jump set because they were, um, you know, Louisville, Louisville was, was running play action. So it wasn't a true pass that almost looked more like a run block. Um, but after watching more pass sets, I am more comfortable with, with how he'll um, respond at the NFL level where I, I think he'll be fine against some rushers. Like, like there's little things like, like I said, shooting his hands a little bit lower. Um, I think he needs to, to alternate his punches a little bit more where maybe he shoots his outside hand too much. Uh, I think he needs to defeat the arms more where, where if a guy gets his hands on Beckton, he'll kind of still power against power. Um, and push against push where really you want to deflect force. You want to get under guys' pads. You want to, you want to lift against push as a, as an offensive lineman. You want to defeat the hands. You want to trap them. You want to, you want to snatch them. You want to cuff them, whatever technique we're talking about. Um, there's some things I think he needs to do and learn more of at the NFL level, but he's not a complete unknown like he was to me a few months ago, two months ago, whatever it was. So there's things he needs to work on um, with that. I think specifically his biggest issue is going to be with more exotic looks from the NFL level. Like I said, T stunts, pirate stunts, whatever you want to, you know, some people call them tech, some people call them head stunts, all these different things are coming at him at the NFL level. I think he's going to need um, to kind of just, just 
dip his toe in the water or whatever, jump into the – I'm not good with analogies. He's going to need to be thrown to the fire, I guess I should say, um, to, to learn that stuff and see it on the NFL practice field, et cetera, on tape. Um, so there's going to be times where maybe, like I said, I'll carry a guy too far inside and not see the corner, and then Sam Darnold might get a, he might let up a sack for that reason. You know, like there's going to be an instance or two of that. But that's really with every NFL rookie. Like there's no rookie who comes in um, and just absolutely dot. Well, Nick Bosa did it this year, who I was a little bit wrong on. Um, to be completely honest, to be transparent, I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think he'd be as good as he was. Um, but you're going to struggle. Like, you know, nine out of ten, uh, ten rookies, no matter how elite they turn out to be, are going to struggle in some aspects. So, yeah, he's going to struggle um, at points during the season. But I still think that we could be towards the end of the season or at the end of the season, you know, looking to 2021 and talking about what other offensive linemen we need and be happy with that in the season and say, you know, he really showed potential. Um, and I think even just like an average season for, for a rookie left tackle would be great. And I, I think that he could do that. Like I said, because his his technique is further along than I thought it was previously, and he is a freak of nature. Like that helps. Like you don't need to shoot your hands perfectly. You don't need to take complete proper footwork. Like let's say, okay, you open up your your uh, your hips a step or two early. Um, the guy shoots him inside. Well, that, guess what? Beckton's massive, and he doesn't need his full power into his punches and his thirty-five inch arms. He can, he can reach inside and shut you down and wrench you and throw you to the ground. Where a guy like, you know, Andrew Thomas, who is not as strong or doesn't have as much fluidity, um, I would say Beckton can move better than Thomas, even though Thomas is 30 pounds less or whatever it is. Um, so he has to be better technically. But Beckton has that recovery because of how much of a freak he is. So, like, um, he has – he's kind of afforded more room to be worse technically than other guys are. So it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think that – um, he's going to have a solid rookie year, but like any other rookie, he's going to have a bump or two in the road. That's, that's completely expected. One thing that people have been worried about is that he may be a downgrade, at least his rookie year, over Kelvin Beecham. Now, we've talked about Kelvin Beecham many times on the show, Joe. He's at best passable. He's an okay pass blocker, doesn't give you much in the run game. And the worry is that at least at first in his rookie year, Makai Becton might be a step down, at least as a pass blocker, from Kelvin Beecham. Do you think now after having watched it all 22 that it's possible that that might not be the case? I think it's very, I think it's very possible that's not the case. Um, I'm, not, I'm not very high on Beecham. Um, I, I was his first couple of years because you know, the Jets were trotting out whoever they were trotting out there who couldn't play left tackle at all. Um, and so he was like below average, which was an upgrade for the Jets. But Beecham offered you very, very little in the run game. Um, you couldn't run behind him. We're now, you know, Le'Veon Bell running behind Beckton, you know, you know, kicking out the edge or sealing the inside, whatever it might be, maybe um, that's going to be a benefit. So I'm automatically, and I'm very confident in saying that he's better run blocker than, than Beecham just because of his, his size. Um, and how big he is, like I said, even though he does need to work on some things that people might not have taken um, in, into thought or whatever. Um, so I think he's, a, he's an upgrade there. And then Beecham was a guy who's like, he, yeah, he's solid technically, but the problem with Beecham is he's, he's like 6'3", his arms are short, um, and he's not that powerful. So you'd see really, and this is kind of Brooks' problem too later in his career, even during his career, um, he wasn't he wasn't strong. So when guys got into his chest and bull rushed him, he didn't really have the ability to drop his anchor, get under that 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 push and lift him up in the air and deflect that force. He didn't really have that ability because of how weak he was. So you'd see him 
get bull rushed and automatically jump back four or five yards and be on to uh, or be into Sam uh, Darnold, you know, uh, right right in front of his toes. So, like there's problems with that with Beachum, where Beckton, even with bad technique, might be better than Beachum with uh, really good technique because he's just much bigger. So I, I think honestly, like you know, I don't people have issues kind of grading offensive linemen because it's not something you could look up how many pancake. Well, I guess maybe you can look up how many pancake blocks he had, but you can't look up okay. Well, you know, like a receiver, he had 750 yards and six touchdowns. But yeah, that's a successful year for Mims in his rookie year. There's no way to really do that with Beckton. It's kind of something you're going to have to go to my show and watch, you know, uh, shameless plug. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that he'll he'll be more effective than, than Beecham um, in his rookie year. I, I'm pretty confident in that. Now, might he struggle in some areas that Beecham wouldn't have? Like I said, with passing off stunts or maybe um, taking proper footwork to, to cut off a four eye or a four tech, whatever it may be. Yeah, there's going to be some instances that Beecham would have done better because he is more technically sound. But at the same time, if you're if you're running, you know, power or whatever to Beckham's side and you're asking him to kick out an edge, he's going to kick out an edge better than Beecham because he has 70 pounds on him and he's a mammoth. So there, there are some areas that are negatives and positives or, you know, one player is better than the other, um, obviously. But I think that Beckton being as young as he is and as powerful as he is, I think he'll be more effective maybe in the past game, maybe they're about even in the past game. Like I said, technically he might struggle with some things that Beecham didn't, but uh, Beckton will be able to handle, you know, guys like wh- whoever you want to say um, who we're facing this year. Like maybe, you know, uh, Nick Bosa, maybe he handles them better because Bosa won't be able to uh, bull rush him like he would Beecham. Um, so maybe they're about even in pass pro, but I'm very confident that he's going to be more effective in the run game and they're going to be more effective running to the left side with Beckham there. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Joe, after watching the All-22 and really expanding your knowledge of what Makai Becton brings to the table, we talked about how you think that he's going to be better than you previously thought. We talked about how you think that he could be better than Kelvin Beecham right off the bat in year one, both as a pass blocker and certainly as a run blocker. How do you think he ultimately stacks up rookie year, and then where do you see him projecting now? Because we talked about this before on the previous film review where you said where you thought he would project. Where is your new projection, not only for year one, but for his entire career where you think he could potentially end up in terms of overall skill level and overall performance? Um, yeah, this is obviously a multi-layered conversation. You know, <laughs> I always like to like look into things a little bit more than just say, okay, yeah, he's going to be great because you know, what offense is he in? Are the, are the Jets going to, you know, let's say Adam Gates gets fired next year and they're going to transition into an offense that doesn't really, you know, fit Beckton, which to be completely honest, because of how big he is and how well he moves, I think he can run power. You know, he could be a power guy, a gap guy, a uh, counter guy, zone guy. Like he could pretty much do anything you want. Um, so maybe he wouldn't struggle with that as much. So maybe that's not a great example, but there's a lot of factors that go into career, like you said, know barring injuries and et cetera et cetera I, I think his first year um no matter you know let's say you're doing pff grades i think he, he he's an average type tackle um in his rookie year maybe a little bit below average maybe because of those some of those technical things and and picking up stunts and um offensive line like it's, it's interesting i always hear offensive linemen talk about it okay well you know if i block the the defensive end for 40 plays a game and he doesn't get a sack, that's 40 good plays. But if I let up one sack a game, um, that's a, that's a bad thing. So you can win 40 out of, out of 41 reps an offensive line and get beat once. Um, if you get beat once every game, you're letting 16 sacks, you know, a season, then you're a really bad offensive line. So it's really like, it's crazy how hard their job is to, uh, to be completely honest. They can't lose once in a game. Um, but uh, so, so maybe he'll struggle with some like, uh, things like that, things like picking up stunts and things like that. So maybe he'll let up, uh, you know, five, six sacks because of stunts, and then it'll look like he had a bad rookie year. So maybe he gra- he grades around average. I would say around average for uh, tackles in the NFL. Now, the multi-layered thing about how he finishes in his career, like you know, we, I just talked about it, um, it's kind of a, it's a difficult thing to project. But I would say. I would say I think he's going to be a pro ball tackle um, with the opportunity to be an all-pro. Like I said, it depends on his coaching. Does he take well to Frank Pollock? Does he fit in well? Does Frank Pollock get fired after this year? And then the next guy who comes in is a scrub and can't teach his guys well or doesn't know how to use Beckton or teach Beckton. So um, I'm, I'm going to say I think he will be a, a pro ball player um, by year three. Um, I, you know, obviously as a Jets fan, I want to say year two, year one. Uh, but that's, it, it's hard. It's a hard transition for, for offensive tackles. You're going against guy in, uh, in college who are 230 pounds. You can ragdoll against guys who are 300 pounds and move like guys in college that you saw who are, you know, at 230 pounds. So it's a really, you know, kind of, it's a culture shock from like going from, like I said, uh, guys in college to guys in the NFL level going against guys like Bosa, uh, both Bosa brothers and Magakwe and Lawrence and all these guys you're going to be seeing. Um, so, 
it's going to take some adjustment um, in his first couple of years. But I, I think he'll end up being a Pro Bowl type player uh, with a chance to be an All Pro. But uh, there's a lot of underlying factors that kind of go into that. And uh, how seriously does he take it? You know, obviously he seems motivated now, but is he motivated year three, year four? You know, uh, who is the offensive line coach? What offense is he running? Who's going to be the head coach in three, four years? So there's a lot of factors to it. But I think he'll be a upper tier. Uh, offensive lineman who uh, gets fans to be very happy to have on the team. Joe, I think we could both agree that if he can be what DeBrickishaw Ferguson was for this team, a 10-year starter at a mm-hmm. high level, multiple-time pro bowler, then we would all sign for that. But if he can be even better than that, and I think he has the upside to potentially be better than that, then we would all at least attempt to stand on our heads, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And And with him versus Brick, like, Brick was a guy, like I said before, he was limited physically, but a really technically sound player. Um, so he was never going to be the best in, in, in the league. He wasn't going to be Tyron Smith or anybody like that who's considered the best, one of the best in the league because he was limited. And obviously Jets fans might, you know, green colored glasses. Okay, Brick was the best left half in the league for five years. It's just not true. He was always solid, but never, never elite. Um, where back then, like we've talked about, if he reaches his full potential, um, takes the coaching well, does everything that Manny Weather is telling him, does everything um, that, that Pollock is, is teaching him, who I think, again, we've talked about before, is getting too much flack right now um, in terms of him being a terrible offensive line coach. So if he takes well to coaching and he reaches that ceiling, he could be the best tackle in the league. How, how many guys do you see? And I'm not saying that's going to happen, you know, um, but that's obviously hard to project saying he's going to be the best tackle in the league, but a, how often do you see a guy um, you have more knowledge than I do in terms of like the past, but you know, Ogden guys like that, um, guys who are six, seven, uh, 360 pounds who move as well as Beckton. Like how often have you seen that? So obviously, yes, yeah, he reaches his potential. Um, and like I said, he doesn't need to be elite technically. If he's a guy who ends up being solid to above average technically, he's an elite tackle because of his size. So, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he develops. Obviously, the issue now with the whole COVID situation is, you know, offensive line, it's a lot about continuity. It's a lot about working with your guys and how does your, your left guard pick up stunts? How does your left guard like to do this? How much can I trust him in slide protection to cover my inside gap? So how far can I get outside that? There's so many things you need to work on um, together. So it, it's going to hurt him a little bit in the rookie year. I think if there's like one position you need um, to get into camp. Uh, as a rookie, obviously it's quarterback and offensive line is probably number two because you need that, that work with the guys next to you. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he adjusts, but this situation is definitely not helping. One, any new team, any new players to a new team, any new type coaches, like the Jets have a lot of guys who are new on the offensive line, a lot of guys who are new in the secondary, a lot of guys who are just new in general with a with a relatively new head coach. So they're, they might struggle at first where teams like the Saints, you know, who have been together for a while won't struggle as much because there's not really much they need to work on. So it's definitely going to be interesting to, to see. But in terms of, like, getting back to the original question, if him versus uh, Brick, you know, Brick's ceiling and how good he was versus Beckton, if he reaches his ceiling, uh, Beckton could be a much, much, much better player. And that's no disrespect to Brick because, like you said, 10 years missed one snap because of a wildcat play, whatever it was, um, he was always – really, really good and a pro baller, but he was never elite where Beckton has the physical capabilities to be the best um, elite tackle in the league. Now, will that happen? You know, voila. We'll all obviously have to, uh, to wait to see that. 
Fingers crossed that it does happen. Joe Blewett, host of Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. As always, thanks so much for coming on and breaking down some film with me. Really appreciate it. I know you've got the full Becton video up right now at JetsXFactor.com. What else do you have up there? Oh, uh, what, what? How long do you have? <laughs> um, so we, a, a ton. Uh, there's there's a lot going on right now. Um, I have the whole rookie class done, minus. Uh, oh, I didn't do Brandon Man. I'm not a punting expert. Um, and the only guy I'm waiting to do a show on is Morgan. Morgan is up on JetX Factor. She's done up on YouTube. So the whole rookie class, a lot of the free agents. Um, I'm about to get into the Seer and Cager and some of like you know the the, the, the free agents. Um and the undrafted class that I'm gonna warn you that you know people were a big fan of Greg Dorch last year he got roasted so for people who love Cage we're gonna have to wait and see but don't be offended if I pick this part pick apart his game a little bit but uh, literally any single player like McGovern or any one of those guys any of the rookies you want to see a full show on a full film breakdown of uh, Jets X Factor you can literally or you can just go on YouTube Blitz Blitz and type in the player's name or you can just go and jump type in Blitz Blitz type in Google blew it and the player's name and something's probably going to come up go ahead and check out joe on twitter at joe rb31 take a look at his work over at jetsxfactor.com if you haven't given us a five-star review on itunes yet if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it does help us out a lot so if you could do that for us we would be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com